You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live-fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. The Green Leakers release more information about Iranian cyber operators, including details about Muddy Water and the Rana Institute. A misconfigured GitLab instance exposes data used by Samsung engineers. Thoughts on how AI can shift the advantage to the attacker. Amazon is after hackers who defrauded sellers. Deep.web proprietors are indicted. Evil Clippy does VBA stomping. And a food fight in San Mateo's corner of cyberspace. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, May 9th, 2019. There's been another exposure of Iranian hacking operations. Last month, an unknown actor going by Lab Duktegum dumped code and other information belonging to the oil rig APT. This week, another actor, perhaps independently, but more probably acting in coordination with the earlier leakers, dropped information via Telegram and various websites that describe other Iranian cyber operations. This new group calls itself the Green Leakers. The material released includes information on other Iranian cyber operators, specifically the Muddy Water APT and the Rana Institute. The latter has not hitherto been connected to Iranian hacking operations, This material doesn't, as the earlier leaks did, include source code, but it does include screenshots and some information about the threat actors and their victims. Who the leakers are remains publicly unknown, but it appears that someone is actively working against Tehran's cyber operators. According to TechCrunch, Samsung engineers inadvertently exposed code from sensitive internal projects on an instance of GitLab hosted on a Samsung-owned domain, VandevLab. It's another instance of data exposure in a poorly configured service whose owners unwittingly left it exposed to inspection on the Internet. This particular case was discovered and disclosed to Samsung by researchers at the Dubai-based security firm SpiderSilk. We continue our coverage of last week's Global Cyber Innovation Summit with two pieces linked in today's issue of the CyberWire Daily News Briefing. Among the presentations discussed is a keynote on the dark side of artificial intelligence by Sean Tursky, who currently serves as the National Security Agency's Senior Executive Representative to the Department of Homeland Security. Tursky pointed out that it's relatively easy to get into a network, but once you're in, knowing where you are is considerably more difficult. Figuring out where you are and what you can access usually takes a human operator. 
But suppose, Tursky asked, using the analogy of physical robots that use sensors and artificial intelligence to explore and map physical spaces, that we deployed thousands of bots, all of them artificially intelligent, inside a network. If that were done, he said, quote, exploits would go through the roof, end quote. To be sure, you might consider automated patching, but when Tursky asked the audience who would be willing to take an automatically generated patch and apply it in their enterprise, he had no takers. So, Tursky argued, proliferation of AI and machine learning will dramatically increase the number of capable threat actors and decrease defenders' ability to detect those threats. This will increase the threat actors' willingness to attack. He concluded, I think offense wins. You can read more at thecyberwire.com in our daily news briefing for May 9, 2019. Colleges and universities from all over the U.S. organized cyber defense teams to compete in the annual National Collegiate Cyber Defense Competition, which this year was sponsored by Raytheon. Mariah Kenny is a graduating senior at UVA, and she was team captain of the team that won the national championship. There's three rounds. There's the qualifying round, and then there's the regional round, and then there's nationals. There's 10 regions across the country, and then the winner of each region then advances to nationals. So we're from the Mid-Atlantic region, and the premise of the competition is that there's a fictional business network that um, the students are in charge of defending. So the students are the blue team. The network is under active attack from um, the red team, who are industry professionals who are basically trying to break into the systems um, and like take down our services. So um, the student side, we're trying to defend the network, and so we're we have to maintain the services, like maintain business continuity, basically as if we were an actual company and we had customers that were trying to use, say, our website or our mail server or something like that. And then there's also um, business injects where they basically ask us either to add something to the network or we have to report to the board of directors about something. Um, so that's the general idea of the competition itself. So fictional business network that the students are defending and it's under active attack from industry professionals. Well, as team captain, uh, what was your role there? How did, how did you organize everybody and uh, you know keep your eye on all the goings on? Sure. So the first year, um, we were basically just trying to figure out what the competition was and what we were supposed to do in the first place. And so that was a lot of like reading the rules and reaching out to people that we knew who understand the competition a bit better than us, kind of figuring out what we were supposed to do in the first place. And then um, so one of the things that I helped with was basically us figuring out how we were going to structure our team. So we ended up breaking it down so that I was the team captain, but then we had the Windows team who was in charge of Windows systems, the Linux team in charge of Linux systems. And then we had a networking firewall admin that was in charge of you know the firewall and networking and configuration of the network and everything. I mean, we, we're still structured like that this year as well. So what do you suppose uh, gave you all the advantage? What uh, set you ahead that you were able to win the national competition? Honestly, our like teamwork and communication was our edge. And so last year um, when we won, we, tech- we we were not the most technical team, but we worked together as a team really well. We obviously did have technical skills and understood those, but we worked together really well and did a really good job communicating. And I think that helped us this year as well. We are a much more technical team this year. We definitely learned a lot from last year and took feedback on what we could do better. And we um, integrated that into our plans. But again, the communication and teamwork, it was a huge thing for us because It's a very stressful um, situation. It's a stressful competition. You're under attack. You're trying to defend your systems. And so, you know, you have to keep your cool. And if you need help with something, we would just ask somebody else for help and we would work together to solve that problem. There's 
no yelling. There was frustration sometimes, but we were like, all right, let's take a deep breath. This is the problem. What are we going to do about it? And who's going to help you do that? And then we just kind of made it happen. What's your advice for uh, other students who may be considering uh, taking on these sort of capture the flag competitions? My advice to students that want to get involved in the competition, first off, is do it. Even if you don't know anything, just start. A bunch of our team last year, we didn't know a whole lot about cybersecurity. We definitely had some people on the team that did, but some of us really did start at the beginning, especially me. And so having that goal of the competition itself and working towards that goal and figuring out what you need to learn to get there is super helpful, especially for me. I like to have like a goal or a project to work on to learn along the way. And then learning with each other is really beneficial because you're, you know, you might know something that somebody else might not know. They know something you don't know. And so just learning from each other and working together is super helpful. So definitely get involved and get started no matter where you are, because you'll be able to learn from each other. Um, you know, you're going to be graduating uh, later this year. Uh, what are your plans? What do you have your sights set on? So I'll be working at CrowdStrike full-time once I graduate. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That's Mariah Kenny. She was team captain of UVA's national championship winning cyber defense team. Bloomberg reports that Amazon has filed a suit in a British court seeking redress for hacking that compromised about 100 seller accounts, diverting funds from loans and sales to the hackers' accounts. Between May and October of last year, criminals managed to compromise accounts in Amazon's Seller Central platform and change the banking information in them to the criminals' own accounts at Barclays and Prepay Technologies. Those financial institutions weren't themselves involved in fraud, of course. Amazon, which has been investigating the theft for some months, thinks it most likely that individual sellers were hoodwinked into giving up their confidential login credentials by phishing. How great the losses were is so far publicly unknown. The U.S. Justice Department has indicted two Israeli nationals on charges connected with operating the Deep Dot Web, a general directory that linked prospective buyers with dark websites dealing in contraband, some of it lethal. The two who were indicted, Tal Prihar and Michael Fan, are alleged to have made millions providing a gateway to dark web black markets, thereby facilitating the sale of fentanyl, hacking tools, stolen credit cards, and other contraband. They made their money through kickbacks from the sellers to whom they referred customers. Both the suspects are in custody. It was an international operation. Prihar was arrested in Paris, and Fan was taken into custody in Israel. Authorities in several countries cooperated in the enforcement action. Brazil, France, Germany, Israel, the United Kingdom, and the United States. Those of you of a certain age will remember Clippy, the irritating anthropomorphic paperclip that cumbered Microsoft products in the 1990s, offering you unnecessary advice like, Seems like you're writing a letter. Want some help? Somehow, Clippy never got to the big questions. For all Clippy's upbeat winking and chipper tone, we never noticed Clippy saying anything more useful like, Looks like as if you need to make a quick buck, or Dude, your job is dead end. Want out? Or Dark Night of the Soul? Hey, I've been there. Forget it, Jake. It's Redmond. Anyway, Clippy is sort of back in an undead form, but it's a proof of concept from Dutch cybersecurity consultancy Outflank, so no harm, no foul. Evil Clippy, as Outflank calls their demo, uses VBA stomping to prevent most antivirus tools from detecting the macros it's compromised. VBA stomping removes the Visual Basic for Application source code from a Microsoft document, 
leaving a compiled version of the macro behind. Security products that look for macros often do so using the VBA source code, and if that's gone, they may let a malicious document pass through unnoticed. Thanks, Outflank, because Evil Clippy sounds like a dream come true. Actually, thanks for real. It's a technique now being offered to red teamers. And finally, here's another story from the courts. Who has not eaten in a school cafeteria? We've pretty much all been there. And now, hacking has come for the lunchroom because catering those cafeterias is big business. Last month in San Mateo County, California, whose writ runs in much of Silicon Valley, one Keith Wesley Cosby, CFO of Choice Lunch, was arrested on two felony counts of illegal acquisition of student data from the website of Choice Lunch's lunchroom rival, San Carlo-based Lunchmaster. As the San Mateo County DA tells it, Mr. Cosby's idea was that he'd hack the students' data and then complain to the authorities that Lunchmaster wasn't properly protecting the kids' PII. Presumably, then, the contract for delivering fresh-baked muffins, chicken nuggets, and beef cheeseburgers to young scholars would then be taken righteously away from Lunchmaster, at which point Choice Lunch would pick up the business. Actually, we don't know if fresh-baked muffins would figure in the lunch wars, since technically they're a breakfast item at the San Mateo County Schools. But in any case, this seems a dubious business strategy. So stay hungry, San Mateo County, and it would never happen in Baltimore. There's no old bay. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Justin Harvey. He's the Global Incident Response Leader at Accenture. Justin, it's great to have you back. Um, I wanted to touch base with you today on cyber insurance and where we find ourselves when it comes to that. Sure. Just like in our personal lives, we want to offset risk through uh, the payment 
into a pool so that if something in the unlikely event that something does happen, we get assistance for that, meaning uh, a car crash, uh, medical injuries, etc. Cyber insurance is no different. Uh, companies are looking for ways to offset the risk of cyber attacks, and they, they need a little bit more. They need a little bit more from a response perspective, from an incident response team, from being able to work with PR teams, with legal. And it's not very common that uh, global organizations have all of this figure out. They have a PR team ready to go. They have an outside counsel ready to go. They have an IR team on hot standby with the, with the jet being fueled ready to go. Uh, so cyber insurance is a way to ensure that when something does go wrong, that there's adequate uh, financial coverage and adequate legal coverage. Well, what's your advice for folks who are out there shopping for this? Are, are there any guidelines, things they should be looking for? Well, I think uh, that one of my main recommendations is find a cyber insurance offering that offers a breach coach. Now, a breach coach is typically your outside counsel. So it is a outside legal firm outside of your own general counsel that you are protected through client attorney privilege. And this breach coach will actually step you through and guide you through the whole incident or breach. And they will help you. Uh, they will place you with an incident response firm that's ready to go. My team actually does this quite a bit. Uh, you will be placed with a public relations firm if it is necessary in order to communicate to uh, to your customers. You may even take the recommendations on reaching out to a uh, consumer credit reporting service in case your business lost consumer identities, then they have these services ready to go. And it's all covered under your policy. So instead of you having to fork out the hundreds of thousands of dollars, or in some case, hopefully not, uh, millions of dollars to these uh, services individually, you go with one provider, one breach coach, they bring in all of the ancillary services and it's covered, all covered under the insurance premium. Yeah, it seems like one of those uh, pay me now or pay me later situations. Yeah, I think that uh, uh, there are global institutions out there that are not doing cyber insurance. They're choosing to kind of roll your own. They have their own outside counsel, their own IR team, their own legal and PR and so on. Uh, but there is something to be said by having it all integrated under one umbrella. All right. Well, Justin Harvey, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. 
The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.